This podcast has been edited solely due to confidentiality purposes. The remainder of the podcast is unedited. Okay. Uh, well, we're live. For those of you who have no idea what we're doing, um, uh, I had this idea to sit down with some people that had either differing opinions or sometimes even similar opinions to discuss things uh, in the real world today because it seems like just about any interview that you hear with um, really anybody is it's either going to be a some type of celebrity or somebody that has some sort of you know some sort of public status or b you get 10 interviews and they're all people that have the same opinion you know or or don't necessarily have different fields of expertise um so i'd like to just kind of um for us to discuss some things uh to see wh where we where we agree, maybe where we disagree, not necessarily trying to change each other's minds or anything like that, but uh, to literally sit down and reason with one another and to show people that the conversations that we should be having uh, and that we're not having is what's causing a lot of tension in today's society. So um, my first guest and really was the first guy that I thought of whenever I thought about doing this was, is my friend, David house. Uh, David is, um, is a good man. He, uh, he, we know each other through our martial arts school. Um, we, we immediately, you know, he's just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. But, um, so David, uh, uh just tell anybody that, that will be watching or is interested in listening just a little bit about yourself. Oh gosh, I'm just a man of the world. Let me tell you, Doc. Uh, from the from the metropolis of Good Hope, I've been in Coleman basically all my life. Uh, I'm a teacher at Wallace for a while. I ran a mental health center. I've taken martial arts. I've done a little bit of everything to try to further my knowledge of the real world, which I don't know if it's really helped that much. I right. feel that the best way to learn is to talk and to if everybody agrees with you, then you're either doing something wrong or around the wrong people. Sometimes. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, one of the first things I kind of wanted to talk about as far as um, in your field of work, like how has the coronavirus or COVID-19, how has it affected you and, and your, your profession? Well, it's definitely it's definitely boomed in terms of people are anxious they hear one thing on tv from the president or from uh the governor or just friends uh, or they're in their little circle of group that's so uh, verbal about oh this is all a big hoax this is just a reason it's, it's going to go away after the election so you know you got that group but you got the ones that are really nervous They've got a parent today, they're going to wisely, I feel, going to do the first few weeks, you know, schooling via online learning. Uh, taking a chance with your health, I saw where an 81, a Jack Nicholson, him and his wife, right. they were fine. And then a 31-year-old athlete that makes me and you look like old people, uh, hospital ventilator right. for weeks. So it's, it's scary for me, to be honest. I, it doesn't bother me, but I've got to remember, you know, age will catch up with you. And even if you feel fine, that doesn't mean everything's exactly running perfect. And so I don't want to accidentally get something and give it to my son or, 
um, or something happened and, and there you go, you can spread it easy without knowing because people think that temperature is the main way, but that's just a small part of it. Actually, right. the biggest thing to notice is if, if food starts tasteless, believe it or not, that's one of the is things start becoming tasteless and you look kids, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to say anything. And before you know it, you've got kids that have it and they're, they're feeling fine, except a little fever. And then pretty soon parents feeling horrible and then it spreads more. But as far as my business and a lot of stuff online, like we're talking now, they want reassurances. They want, they've got anxiety. And to be honest, you can only say so much because I, you can't control what other people do. You can't make people, Lines. You can't make people just stay inside. People get tired of it. We're not, right. we're not wired that way to stay inside all the time. Right. Um, well, on that, on that same like kind of train of thought, how do you feel about, how do you feel about like, you know, I know people are wanting like, for instance, the sports teams, you know, people are like, well, we need something to kind of keep our minds off of, off of everything that's going on or whatever. So we're going to do what we can to like with the NBA, how they've made their, their NBA bubble out there at Disney and stuff, or, um, you know, the baseball players have, have made it to where, or the MLB has made it to where, you know, they don't have people actually in the stadiums. Um, do you think that that's going to be beneficial or do you think it's not really going to do any good or. I think it's, they're extremely lucky. <laughs> that you know it could be a matter of time before everybody and their mama you know just take just just look at this way i think a couple of baseball teams there is uh, most of their starters caught the virus and they put their next group in the coach even said that he, he didn't even know most of the people and they're number one right now right you know winning all these games but you know we got the problem with we we've got nothing that's why football especially college football is so popular but without the stands off the cheering when i growing up my kids were young my daughter's 26 now and my son's 22 sing a lot and it you know the fun part of it was the yelling the screaming the grandiose behaviors you name it but i've watched it just for the heck of it a few times they don't they don't have they don't have fans right they don't have same it's going to be the same with uh some of these sports, but we really need something to take our mind off of it. Yeah. There's only yeah. so many movies you can watch. There's only so many video games or novels you can read. We have a garden to mess around in the garden, but you start thinking, oh my gosh, is this the way we're going to be getting food soon if we don't watch out? Just in the garden. So right. it the is stressful. Is weird, but like with watching the MLB games, which I haven't really watched. I've just seen clips of it where they have the cardboard cutouts of people, you know, and I started laughing. I was like, I saw that. that. I thought really it was my eyes. And then, and then uh, you know, they have, they have cardboard cutouts of, of fans and apparently they pay a premium to have a cardboard cutout of themselves back there. And then there was one where it was like somebody paid to have a cardboard cutout of their dog, you know, and then like the dog gets hit with the baseball and they're like, yeah, you can buy this. I was like, man, they're chasing that revenue hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I worry about how, I mean, not how many people can go to a game, but the little things that they're not being able to do is also a big, I mean, I don't know if you've thought about this, but just think it's August. Next month in Coleman is the fair. I guarantee you're not going to have the fair. Right. And, you know, some of these revest. I mean, it's things that people showcase their talents and their wares and make some extra money. It's just, it, I, it, I feel for them. Right. And so when I see these sports, really like, like not just college football, but high school 
for a lot of their money for the band or for mm -hmm. building projects and things like that. And they just can't do it. It's, it's, and you want to think, well, you hear it's just like the flu or it's just like this or just like that. But you know, it, it's something these other, other diseases as far as what it can do to you and the lasting effects after you quote unquote feel better or, or right. cure. Uh, so yeah, I get off topic. I apologize. No, but, no. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, I agree with me, disagree with me. The virus could care less. Uh, right. But you know, in some of these places that you know they're wanting people to come in and eat their restaurant, and they're they're trying to keep you know, hey, we'll we'll take anybody almost. But you know, but there's people that want to go there too that want to stay healthy. So you know, what do you do? It's really hard. Well, how do you feel about like about some like the protests, right? Like the people that are that are culminating in these protests, because you'll have some people that will that are that are very cautious um and even some governors right that are saying that that are that are wanting to place restrictions and i, I want to make sure i phrase that carefully because you and i both know like the man the the uh what do they call it now the the ordinances or whatever they want to call it, the guidelines are not actual laws but they're it's just like hey we're we're telling you to do this just please use some common sense or whatever but then certain governors regardless of of political affiliation are saying okay well you know we don't we don't think it's safe for you, you guys to congregate in like um a music venue right because we yeah. have some friends that are musicians like that's extremely unsafe but you guys can culminate out here <laughs> down main street and protest when you're yeah. you know shelter to shelter like do you, do you think there should be a a um do you think they should make provisions for that or should there be you think maybe they should they should just cut that out at least until a while or, or what do you think well it's i'm a, i won't say it's apple and oranges it's like herding cattle versus herding cats you know in theory you can herd both if you're good enough you know when you've got the tame the, the, the venues like i was going to go see a wife i go see matchbox 20 at mm -hmm. uh over at oak mountain you know they they cancel it you know right. and it's, it's pretty orderly yeah you of course you don't you want to go but it's orderly people but then you've got protests and that's the backbone of you know being an american right my daughter went to the one in uh huntsville and, right. uh, and i think it, it, it's and of course she had a mask and there's gonna be unfortunately with well, they have a court group that's pretty radical uh one way or another and it's going to drive it sometimes to the extreme and i do think there need to be law and order if they don't follow the ordinance of how to protest ramifications about that uh i do think any gathering is going to be dangerous but mm -hmm. there's only so much you can regulate you know right. compared to a, a sports venue or a music venue or i saw that what is the name of since sturgis the big back rally yeah 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 you know there 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 used to be a show going on called uh what it was called. anyway it was about one of the saloons mm -hmm. and they were showing how they're taking the wagon wheel things and making giant circles for people to stand six foot apart. But you know, it's not going to happen. Right. You're not going to do that, but you can only try, but I really think there's only so much that you can do when it comes to something so cool. And it's protested. Uh, unfortunately, one side or the other will latch onto that saying, well, look, well, here's what they're doing. Why don't yeah. you get on to them for that? But you just can't, I mean, you just can't tear into people and shoot them because one to be rough with them, but 
you know, next political cycle when there's, if there's a different president or a different d Democrat or Republican or independent, they're going to be saying just the opposite. Hey, you can't do that. You shouldn't right. be doing that. But unfortunately, but I do think the law has to be followed within, you know, within reason. Right. Well, see, that was part of which, which I, I don't, I, I didn't experience this. Mm -hmm. So, so you might, you'll probably have more insight on this because your daughter went to the, to the protest up at Huntsville. But, you know, uh, I think they said near later in the evening that things started kind of turning south pretty quickly. Um, for those, for anybody that's not watching that doesn't know David or I in Huntsville, Alabama, it was back, when, when was that? That was back around May sometime around yeah there. it wasn't a long long time ago i know a couple people from another person from tried was there also we got to watch it she had it on her on her facebook video mm -hmm. thing we got to watch what she was doing how it was turning sour in a hurry right so but so from, from what i heard and had read which i don't know i don't know you know what actually transpired but that so that their permit it was uh, for the protest was set to expire at like seven o'clock or something. And then they, um, the, the large mass of people decided to uh, either relocate into big spring park or something like that, but it exceeded that permit uh, that allotted time. And then of course, you know, then I think they were shooting tear gas and all kinds of other stuff into, yeah. into the crowd to get them to disperse. Um, but I don't know for certain. I, I, and I think you would probably have some, what, what actually did transpire? Well, pretty much what you said is they expired at a certain time, go to a different area, but here's the problem when you've got any group and just, just think, and just think, uh, those, that age group that was there, there was a lot of older people, there's a lot mm -hmm. of younger people. And to be honest, this is probably the time of their life. Never been to a protest. Right. Felt like being there was a place to be to, to let their voice be heard and that that's not the place to, to, you know, take a chance and people weren't moving fast enough. I do think maybe the trigger was pulled a little bit fast on some of the, on some of the things. So I think that you can do like lots of, of the bars. Now I was watching when all those, we counted 24 state trooper cars coming right in front of where my daughter was. And we're, uh, and instead of them turning around, maybe pushing people back, that's when they just started doing tear gas in itself. You know, when you give somebody a certain amount of time, but you know, that's where, that's where mayors and things like that have to kind of come to grips on, Hey, here's what's going on. Is it going to make it worse? Is it going to make it better? Uh, who's really in control of the city? But, but, you know, rules are rules. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what the ordinance said as far as how much time after it's almost like you have a party at the, somewhere and they say you gotta be going by a certain time when do you start really get yeah and finally you know turn the lights out on people i mean right. it's a crude kind of crude kind of example but uh yeah it's hard to wind down. you know it's definitely hard to wind down a uh, you know it's hard to wind down a group of 100 people let alone you know several thousand if not tens of thousands of people or so 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 yeah right. I, I definitely definitely understand that but so like along the same lines like with with the protests of, of what like what's currently going on with uh, if if david house was now became governor or became president or or it would have to be even more than that where you had some sort of like authoritarian um, oh yeah you know if david house now became dictator or whatever and he and he could say like this is what we're going to do to to uh, move at least 
move in the right direction? Like what, what would be your suggestion with, because we know the protests right now have to do with, you know, um, was it a police's abuse of force or abuse of authority and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So what would, what would you suggest or try to implement, uh, which we know we can do that through our, um, through our legal system by voting, right? We vote for the, for the people we want in office that will, that will basically vote for um, laws to be passed that re- represent our ideals. But if all that was thrown out the window and, and David House is now the man, like what would you try to implement? Well, I would, a lot of those, a lot of those leaders are so far up the ladder. They don't really understand what's going on down below. The problem is down below and there's no really set leaders, just the ones that yell the loudest and do the most, whatever are the ones that's going to be leading the, the crowd. So there's not much. And some of those people are so outrageous on what they want that they want to happen that it's not going to do any good. So you really just can't say we're going to get a group of y'all and talk about how to handle this. I really don't like the idea of people moving into an area and and tearing up police. You know, the the authoritative side of me, the dictator side of me would be, I hate to say it, uh, but I'd I'd probably get the water cannons out. You know, I wouldn't be getting, I wouldn't be doing, I wouldn't be doing tear gas, but you know, what is people, or shanty towns, you know, those would be, those would be swept away. Right. I mean, you just can't have that. If they want to talk, you know, you can't just say meet at this certain gym and we're going to talk because you're going to have 3,000 people there and 2,000 want to yell and scream and the right. newspaper's going to be there. So there's really no easy answer besides you have to, you have to have a starting point where it's kind of back to normal. You can't just say, okay, you took it over the spot. Uh, it's not like a war where you take over some land and then all of a sudden, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to try to negotiate. Right. It has to be, you can't, you've got to give this back. It's got to get back to normal before we can start getting it back. to normal. Well, look, you can't um, just occupy an area. Look, looking at, uh, especially when we're talking about the police, like looking at it from, from uh, my and yours perspectives, as far as being, uh, you know, jujitsu practitioners, um, you know, we, when, when we, when we grapple or when we get in a match with somebody or anything like that, you know, especially if you compete in a tournament, it seems like, you know, you can drill things and drill like most of the time when somebody's getting ready for a tournament, what they, they work for maybe eight weeks out. And that, that's being, that's being generous. You know, it's really closer to six weeks and they're, they're trying to drill hard for takedowns and stuff and, and working the point system and stuff. But really in that time, there's not a whole lot of new necessarily technique that they're going to be able to implement more so than they do, you know, let's polish this up let's, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so with saying that most of it comes back to like muscle memory, right? So, so for instance, um, in, in jujitsu, you know, like this last week, it was the first time I I'd had a chance to, um, to grapple with, with somebody of, of, of any real caliber uh, in probably over a year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I'm going to be so rusty. And when I started <laughs> grappling with him, I was really surprised that not only was I not as rusty as I thought, but I wasn't rusty at all. Like, I mean, I just immediately fell, but I mean, everything just started kind of clicking. It became muscle memory. Um, and the, the reason I'm saying that is because when you look at 
some of the training for police officers. Um, you know, there, there was a story back in the early nineties where there was a bank robber in LA County somewhere. And he, um, he, he busted into the bank anyway, long story short, he held some hostages. The guy was packing some pretty heavy artillery and the SWAT team shows up. And one of the police officers is walking towards the bank and gets shot and he falls to the ground and you can, I mean, you can find the video on YouTube and he, he falls in the middle of the road and he's bleeding out and he takes his firearm and he holds it straight up in the air. And for the longest time, nobody knew what that was. And then a police officer, a fellow police officer finally came forward and said, well, that was his training. That training uh, was a sign that he was letting us know that he couldn't help us in battle. He, that he was, that he was out of the fight and there was nothing he could do you know, and he said, and they asked that other police officer, well, I mean, this guy's shot in the gut and he's bleeding out in the road. What in the world would make him not want to scream or call for help, but raise his hand with his handgun in the air? And he said, it's hours and hours and hours of meticulous drilling, you know, and like, it seems like mm -hmm. in the jiu-jitsu world with us, you know, the, the techniques that stick with us are the ones that we drill over and over and over and over and become that muscle memory. Um, and, and I, I, I believe that that same principle translates to police officer training, you know? So, but at the same time, I do know, uh, that there are precincts, there are areas that are in such dire need of, um, law enforcement that the training is, uh, I don't want to say forgotten about, but it's definitely not the first thing they mention, you know, it's not, it's not, Hey, you know, what kind of credentials do you have? Uh, what kind of pre previous training do you have? Anything like that? It's, Hey, would you like a job? You know? And th so that does throw up a couple of red flags. Now I don't know that it's necessarily like that because I do know there are, is some training they have to go through, but I definitely think we would agree that, 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 that the training of law enforcement needs to be more extensive and the vetting needs to be more extensive. Two things. You can call it, I like to call it being proactive or reactive. Mm. Unfortunately, a lot of the training nowadays is way too reactive. And right. that, can, that means you're one or two steps too slow. You just can't have the people up top be the ones that are proactive out and say, here's how they should handle it when their training has not gotten to the point to where they kind of know you know, don't want to leave it to the to the brass to make the decisions because they're on the ones on the ground. Right. And lots of times, shoot first, you know, anything like that. If anything, they could be the ones not shooting first. And you can see some of the problems they're having lots of times has to do with not just guns, but with physical altercations that lead to severe injury. Well, would, okay. So with that, with that being said, I mean, this is obviously – a very broad question, but do you think that um, the law enforcement in this country, especially in um, very overcrowded cities and things like that, do you think that the men and women that are employed there, do you think most of them are what we would consider, um, you know, like a good, a good person, a good member of society, or do you think they that sometimes that falls to the wayside or, or, you know, what, how, how would you, especially like when you're talking like places like Chicago, Birmingham, 
uh, you know, New York City, Los Angeles, stuff like that. What I mean, do you think that most of them are have character? You just kind of snap. I think that happens a lot in the military and with the police, especially when you you've got to have the same experience that you do of, ha- of being bit so many times, and nobody really. If you do anything wrong, you're videotaped, or you're only videotaped, and you're doing the bad thing, or you've got people calling all kinds of ACL, whoever it is, uh, making a or calling the the, the uh, commissioner uh, complaints, and he's worried about his position, or worrying about his election, or the sergeant worrying about because now they're getting a bad reputation. You know, all these things are turning people sour to doing a job and being like you used to see back in the fifties and sixties, you know, when people were being nice. I, I remember my dad just talk tickets or they would get pulled over or they would, you know, they just laugh with you and they would break it up and then let you go. You know, it's like, Hey, y'all quit that. Nowadays you're, there's no telling what could happen. You know, right. it's automatically, you know, I won't say guilt. If you don't have a little bit of that mentality, especially when they start inventing or putting dark tint on windows, you can get shot in the face. You can get stabbed, or, or, or you know, you, any number of things. Well, I think so, yeah, I, I, think, I think they're good yeah, people. Yeah. I just think this. Yeah, I, I think we've we've seen recent. Like uh, I'm 30 years old, and we definitely see, in my opinion, I'm seeing more you know tension, more um, uh, dissension, more hate. I mean, just lit. Uh, uh, more backbiting and things like that than than I've ever seen. I've seen more disrespect for for uh, their fellow man, for elders. I mean, it's 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 crazy, you know. It just seems like um, it seems like the moral standards that that once were are either being broken uh, completely down or or are at least being shifted. And I think at, at the at the core of of who we are as americans and human beings is that there's there has to be a standard right it's the, it's the same like with with the police officers right now or with the people that we that we teach in jujitsu and things right is there there ha- we have to have a, a standard there has to be some sort of standard for these uh men women uh, even the kids that that come to triad you know we we have expectations of them we expect them to uh you know listen to their mom and dad we expect them to keep their grades up and and so on and so forth and and those standards seem to either have been lost somewhere in translation or are shifting um so i guess that leads that leads me to this question it's like do you think do you think there are moral standards or do you think that people's that there are subjective standards that people are uh you know it'd be it's like this it's like a you know a thief a lot of times will tell you that stealing's wrong unless he wants to steal something or or unless uh, you know um you know a kid along the same lines a, a small child you don't you know some people have said well you don't have to teach a small child that stealing's wrong well i agree with that to an extent but as you see, if he wants a toy that that other little kid has and he takes it, he doesn't feel any kind of guilt. But if, yeah, if I you ever seen a kid lie to get out of trouble at yeah. any age, then you're not been watching. <laughs> right, right. But not only that, but so that kid, you know, I took that toy because it's mine and that's what I wanted. 
But if you go up to that same kid and you take his toy, now he feels a sense of injustice, right? So he does have some sort of sense of a moral standard. So do you think that that's, do you think that there is a, do you think that there is like an, any kind of absolute moral standards or do you think that they're subjective based on uh, location or, or, you know, the people that you're around? I think, Backs up your quick backs up to what we're talking about a minute ago, which we could talk a whole nother hour on this one particular thing. It's like the guitars behind you. They're they're both look different, and yet they got some of the same characteristics, the same right. shape. That's how it starts. And the problem is, is the one thing that's not being that's that's being said it's being looked at, but not being looked at enough is mental health. You know, you've got different varying levels of post traumatic stress disorder. You've got if we have several officers that train in the various triad dojos and to be honest if, if they didn't have that outlet you, you can't say well i'm going to the gun range and I'm, that's how i'm going to de-stress you don't de-stress you visualize too mm-hmm. many things if you if if you didn't have that chance to let your mind go blank and just and you know you've you've been no matter what's happened that day if you're focusing on your technique and on on grappling it's all blank none of that stuff Matter. A little bit at night, a little bit upset, and you wake up in the morning feeling better. It's because mm-hmm. that tension, our, our brain is a muscle, and that tension is going to need, it's like picking up something heavy, and then you let it down, you feel it tension. And just too many officers, too many military, is not getting that chance, that tension to just wash away. That's why I know uh, Matt Ward, he had a brilliant idea, I think last year, of uh, officers, soldiers, they train for free. Just come, that's what that's what's needed that 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 way to release some of that tension and anxiety and then that standard is going to be more of a standard throughout the career instead of just that first it's first being made it's got the strings it's got the shape it's got until it's got the different colors put on the different tuning and unfortunately the tuning with officers nowadays is getting to be on the bad side because there's no way to no way to work on the mental health Standard about standard gets corrupted. Not corrupted is the wrong word. It gets changed easy by just the daily experiences, and you can't just say go talk to the department shrink. You know that's automatically. I put the biggest thing to be talking about, but uh, we're basically men have shown. Okay, now I'm going to let my feelings out a little bit, and pretty soon somebody's either joking or on purpose going to poke fun at them, and then they're going to tighten up that much more. They're not even going to open up. So there's, this is for men and women. So there's got to be that outlet to where that standard stays, not just the first two months of training, but all throughout their career and not be affected by mental health. But that's what, you know, your experience, how those experiences are addressed in your own head and by your colleagues is how it's going to shape you the next time you have that experience. So, yeah, there's a standard, but it gets it gets warped easy. What, what do you think? What do you think that standard is like if you could sum if if you could sum it up like what what do you think what what type of standards do you think we should hold i mean whether it's police officers um politicians or even just each other what 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 kind of standards do you think we should hold each other accountable to i I thought about this the other night i'm thinking you could you could mold or you could you could have one one little statement to, to probably could go with all those from married to police to politicians. 
And it's something we hear all the time. You see it on the side of the car to serve and protect. That's that wraps it up. The, the officers serve and protect, you know, not only protect us, but protect themselves. The politicians protecting us and protecting our interests. Same thing with the military. I think that's a great standard to serve and protect. I'm sure some more lines to that that saying, but when it comes right down to it, that's that's what should be going on. That should be the standard. It has nothing to do with hacking, with um, beating down our, our rights, with you know. I know Ben Willie don't like you know having to go and get their own their own people that they serve. You know that's where that's where you get things that you've heard about. Oh, these all these all these protesters are just. Uh, uh, oh, what I'm trying to think what the president calls them sometimes, but just, just rebel rousers are just trying to, uh, or whatever they are. You know, that, that if you put that in your mind, you can easily do some of the things that people do without worrying as much. But that core part in your brain that you learn when you're in school for being an officer to serve and protect is still in there. And there's where that mental health issue starts. And pretty soon, the good stuff gets just kind of washed out. And you wonder why these people have high rates of suicide or quit or have issues of uh, officer shootings more or, or more violent. I want to talk about domestic violence issues, working with uh, all kinds of military and officers. Uh, you can imagine uh, how that, how that can affect them. Right. So yeah, I think that core serve and protect standard is always there, but it worked way too easy. What about a, um, like a like their their character um you know not just not 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 even specifically to them but but since we are talking talking about either police officers or whatever i mean it also with them so for instance like like at triad martial arts we we expect people to uphold a um a certain standard of conduct outside of the school right like we expect people to be uh honest in their dealings you know, we expect people to do what they say they're going to do. We expect people to, to treat others with, uh, with kindness and with fairness and, and so on and so forth. So on like a very personal, like person by person basis, what, what kind of, what kind of moral standards should, should we, should we expect as like, as citizens that that we have these law enforcement or whoever what that, i mean even politicians you know i mean people you have the old all the old jokes about you know crooked politicians and stuff which some of them are hilarious but you have all these old jokes and stuff about these politicians being crooked and about being liars and stuff like that and 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 people now have just gone come to terms with the facts like oh they're a politician and they're a successful politician which means at some point they lied about something you know yeah so like on a personal level level what do you think we should what kind of a moral standard uh character standard should we hold those people to it's funny you should mention that I, i'm thinking about and i think you've seen this movie but roadhouse you ever seen that with patrick mm -hmm. swayze the, yeah. the uh, bouncer yeah he says you be nice until it's time to not be nice. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, when's that supposed to be? He says, I'll tell you. <laughs> the, th thing is, hey, the thing is, people want the, the officer, let's say police officer, I hate to pick on them, but to yeah. be nice until it's time to not be nice. And that means when they have a problem. So, I got off subject a little bit. 
but Patrick Swayze will do that to you. You want to, you, yeah, I'm thinking about his dancing, <laughs> but I didn't sound right. But you know, it, it's like you always want this type of police officer that's friendly and that's going to, that's going to, you see on TV occasionally playing basketball like that, but you want somebody that can be, it, it's based on, it, Josh, it's based on the times. Back in the, back when I was younger, you'd want a type of police officer. Now you want somebody that's going to save your family's life. That means kicking the door, guns blazing. Uh, Sheehan would probably kill me, but I'll use try it as an example. You know, you've got you've got the kids, and then you've got the regular jujitsu students, karate students. But then you look at, I won't say the elite, the ones that compete, but the, they carry themselves a little bit different. They have a little bit more responsibility, but they're, they have to prepare for a fight weeks and months in advance. And there's smack talking, and there's this, and there's that, and there's that mental side of it that you're not always good a demonstration of the best martial artists around because that is not specifically what they're geared for at that time. So, so if you're wanting to watch your 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 dojo fight, your guy to be, I won't say ruthless, but to, you know, you, you this is gonna sound weird, but you, you know your people yelling, tear his head off, rip his arm off. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want a person going in there handing out flowers, you know, and like, right. oh, you did so good. Give me an, you know, give me an elbow. You know, that's more of the, the philosophical side of it. So there's the philosophical side of, of serve and protect, of the military, of the police. Unfortunately, again, that's that's a broad brush, and you've got certain not going to be that way. And that's the times when you want them to be there when you need them and to handle things. And unfortunately, they handle too many different things. You fix it, you just handle some kids, then you got to go to a domestic violence situation. You thing we got to pick up kids for DHR. You just can't slow down that those gears in your head fast enough to be able to handle things just right. So unfortunately, I, I wish there was a great standard, but and guys, you know, nobody shoots unless they has to, and then it's uh, problems for days with, you know, should I shouldn't have. But now, but nowadays, it's not those times. You go in, or you're going to be the one dead. Uh, it's just, it's just unfortunate. Fortunately, 2020 is definitely not 1980 or 1990. Uh, I kind of got off your, your question a little bit, but I just think there's no way that there can be this person's bright eyed and bushy tailed about going into the academy. There's those are being experienced with things that's happened on the street, and soon you're you're going to be indoctrinated almost to those things too to watch out if you want to be alive. You know, they're going to say, take care of your mental health, take care of this just easier said than done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, definitely agree. You know, people are, uh, I mean, people are complex and they deal with complex issues all, all the time. Um, even RoboCop wasn't perfect. That's right. That's right. You know, he, he, even he might come to that one day. I'm joking, but that might be one of the things <laughs> one day. Well, you know, and, and so, um, so I taught, you know, I taught karate and jujitsu for like 15 years or something like that. It was, it was something, it was a, it was a long period of time and, and we, had those expectations of uh, uh, of personal responsibility and accountability. Oh yeah, exactly, and, exactly. And and if and, and you know we were kind of cut. I mean, I think still are. You know, if if you talk to Daniel, I mean, you know, Daniel's still pretty cut and dry about it. It's you know, look, I expect. Oh yeah, it's high high standard. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, I I expect you to conduct yourself in a way that is not just presentable mm-hmm. but respectable. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, and 
uh, you're to, you know, you're to treat your, if you still live at home, you're to treat your parents. Well, you're con to conduct all your dealings with, uh, you know, with, with integrity. Um, yeah. you know, you're supposed to carry yourself in a way that would make your parents and grandparents and so on proud. And if you don't, you know, then you don't need to be here. Yeah. And, and we've always exactly. stood, stood firm on that. You know, Daniel has, uh, I know Johnny has, I have John, any, anybody that's a black belt at the school will tell you the same thing. And, you know, martial arts is big business for some people. Um, and I'm not saying the ones that, um, that, that are making a very successful living at it have caved in in any way, but, you know, in Coleman or just in Alabama mm -hmm. in general, um, we have, uh, we just don't have the, the, same population so we're already at a disadvantage but even still you know you look at a place like triad martial arts in coleman alabama or in huntsville or or wherever it may be you look at a triad martial arts that's got a few hundred students and uh you know we're paying the bills or whatever um mm -hmm. daniel's able to to afford to pay some people to help him teach classes and keep the lights on and and that's about it yeah. you know and then um but he's still willing to 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 tell somebody if they come in with um any kind of malice or any kind oh, of yes of course uh, you know to, hey you know not only not only are you not not only am i not going to teach you but you know you, you've got some issues dude you know daniel has has that same um that same compelling urgency to get people to examine themselves as i think just about anybody and any anybody that has taught jiu-jitsu in particular because like like when i taught karate i taught it to, to the kids right and most of the kids there were were there because their parents brought them and 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 that's fine but but because i could still invest in them and um and in the same way in jiu-jitsu you you can do that um but with the adults I, I love teaching adults so much more just because of the fact that the ones that are there are there because they want to be you know they're there because I mean, they, they've had a rough day at work or whatever. And even through all that, they're showing up and the jujitsu aspect for me personally was always like the smallest scale of what I wanted to, to teach somebody, you know, I wanted to, I really wanted to invest in them, uh, characteristics and, or, or, or character in general, you know, you have some people that are just kind of like wandering around in life aimlessly and and they don't really have any aspirations or anything and and when you can see somebody take a principle that you've taught them through jujitsu and apply it in their business or in their family life or something like that and see them succeed there that's really when i felt like i had done anything you know that was when i was like okay you know what yeah. i'm doing has some purpose yeah the good thing about trying had a family a family feeling but you know with a school that size that we could do that but some of these other schools i'm afraid a student's more of a commodity right it's like you know and that you know they they have the the, the handbook that says we're working you know integrity loyalty all this stuff but you know, that's the one thing you know that's why i had my kids take it years i mean they took it for years and years and years and years you know it's it's not only to learn to protect yourself but to learn to be a better person that's a good thing about triad i'm right. just saying you know as an example you know with just like the police officers you've got some that that still have that integrity it's just a different side of it shown because of 
things like that is a different is a different ball game. But still, even with that, you have to go through tons of training and until Daniel says you're ready, and that's not just physically ready, but mentally ready, and you know to to handle those type and and basically what you're going to hear from other people, you know, to, to handle it, and not not get off go off right. the deep end and be all aggressive and just just be something that tried didn't want you to be. Well, see, I, that was once I know. I'll, Oh, well-respected, well-behaved. I've right. talked to them many times. Right. If, and if you talk to somebody that's a black belt from our school, you know, they're uh, – even the ones that don't, that don't have the opportunity to train anymore, um, you know, when they come in, that, you know, they carry themselves a certain way. Um, whether it's for show or not, I don't know. But for the most part, you know, for the most part, the ones that we know personally, especially the ones that are still really active and involved, we know them on that personal level. And it – and I think it comes back to kind of like what you were saying about with, uh, with your kids when they were taken, you know, as you said that, that you, that they were there, yes, to learn self-defense, uh, and, and to build their character, but to, to become better people. Right. So the question there that, uh, that's, that's kind of where my question lies is so, so what is a good person though? You know, like what, what would we consider a good person? Because, I mean, like, if you were to ask 10 people, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be the best, most generous person in the world or the lowest of the lowly. If they're a good person, they would say, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm a good guy. So what would, what would you consider somebody characteristic-wise that, that would be a good person? Again, again, it's based on, you know, their experience and what's, what their version of, say, being nice is versus what – but I think it all with me it surrounds respectful. Respect yourself. Respect the people around you. It's all about respect. Uh, how you treat other people is uh, how you respect other people, whether they agree with you, whether you're trained with them and you get tapped, whether you don't, whether you know it's just it's all about being respectful. And I think that's something they, they teach there. But I think too many places don't don't you know teach that to serve. Little parentheses for respect in there also, because you mm -hmm. can't serve people unless you respect them and respect yourself. But yeah, I think I think that the the one the one big asterisk would be you have to respect yourself and others. Right, right. I I, I agree. Is do you think that there, like, what do you what? Do you think that there's validity to that that same standard that that to me that I believe was set way back thousands of years ago to be upheld today? Yeah, I, the thing is, I, I watch all kind. I have trouble sleeping sometimes, so I listen to all kinds of podcasts and read and listen to audio. Listen to several uh, several on the Bible, the Ten Commandments, and how through the years they've been interpreted and changed and you know, written by man versus the original, you know, off the mat. I even wonder, you know, you see on some uh, comedy shows where there were 15 and then he dropped them and said 10 commandments. You know, there's just, there's just no telling, but, you know, I always look at it uh, in, in that, but, you know, you can try to be a godly person. You can try to be a person that makes the right decisions, but, you know, we were born to be fallible. And the thing is, is how we bounce back and how we address that lack 
lack of depth, all the talent we need to. And I think that just defines the person, whether you're taught that in martial arts or taught that in the academy or just in church. And it, I'll tell you, in church, it's not always, you know, it, you know as well as I do. There's some of the, some of the fast one thing and do another. Right. It's, it's really kind of what's in your heart. And I really think our heart is our ultimate God, even, with, even if there was no religion, even if there was no preachers. I really feel that there's something in beings that point us in the right direction <clears throat> as far as what's good, what's bad, what's right, and what's wrong. And I feel that's what's been put in there. And that's, I won't say, <clears throat> that's, that's kind of the unwritten Bible in my book is that feeling wrong that you learn. Yes, we lie when we're younger and we do this and we do that, but ultimately, no, we shouldn't be doing it. Right, and and I think it's just as our character builds, as we get up, you know, that's what is. Oh, I know I'm off topic. That's no, no, that's, no, no. That's, that's fine. kind of I'm trying to say how to put it. That's the ultimate guide. I feel uh, is somebody that can admit that they've done something wrong and bounce from it. No, Austin, if they do, you know, look at that and see why. Uh, and in the commandments, you know, there's many examples of how. I'm sure that shall not kill. The soldiers have to fight with that all the time, wrestle with that. Police officers, I mean, there's so many times that we just can't walk that straight and narrow. Uh, even in examples in the Bible from from battles to the flood, to you name it, there's things that, that happened that we would say was cruel. Right. That's what you learn, you know, right and wrong, and how we teach our kids and how we handle ourselves. I know it's kind of jumping around everywhere. But no, no, no. That's, that's exactly that. what I, what I was, what I was kind of hitting on because like that's, you know, that's what, um, for instance, uh, our mom taught us for the longest time. She was like, you know, that, uh, and, and, and I think it's a widely thought, um, uh, statement, I guess. And, 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 and what, what, what you're taught is a good standard to live by, which is like you, like you said, you know, is that, that you know you know in your heart what what is right or wrong and some mm -hmm. people say specific to you or you know and they can add whatever caveat that they want i guess specifically and for the longest time i believed that until i really started looking into um especially you know in the scriptures it says well the heart is wickedly deceitful uh, and 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 that i mean so i was like well what does that mean and i started looking through it and and started trying to find some examples right and like real, real um, current or at least semi-current examples, because when you look at guys like Hitler, for instance, I know that's a very extreme case, but you look at a guy like Hitler and in his mind, he was committing or he was doing what he considered to be, you know, the, the ultimate work. And, and there was no remorse for slaughtering Jews. So that's why when, mm -hmm. you know, when somebody says like, uh that's when when somebody tells me like well you know i live life the moral standard that i use is is based on my own version of what i've seen heard understand blah 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 it's like okay but how's that gonna hold up in in either a court of law or how's that gonna hold up to another group of people that just disagree with you you know uh, i mean because yeah. Hitler had a nation backing him, but the entire world, once they found out the heinous crimes he was doing, knew immediately, like, okay, this guy is committing this, this horrible atrocity. And, um, but to him, in his mind, he may have even been following the desires of his heart. 
So we're, yeah. um, this this in so where do we like draw the line you know where can we say where can we say okay well we can base it on personal experience but does that make sense mm -hmm. i don't think to be honest we our, our brain wants to put structure on your dream at night you're basically you're basically your brain's trying to put together a 700 page novel on about four pages right and that's why it's so crazy our our mind we are we're just designed to want to have black and white yes and no and then, and then we start making exceptions when it really is no for sure i don't think i know as human beings we think that we can we can make a black and white and the ten commandments are pretty black and white and see they're not always as black and white in the quote unquote real world when you're trying to, you know, survive in 2020 versus, you know, way back, you know, years and years ago, I, I wish this is a line I would never cross, but you know, when you have a family, when you have, when you have, you know, things that you hold dear, you know, you would do things, you know, in, in college, you had this class on, uh, moral to show not steal, but you know, what happened yet? You don't have the money to pay for this particular medicine or this, you know, and that's the only way you can get it is steal it to give it to your son or daughter to have. I mean, there's just so many moral quandaries that, you know, it's easy to say, well, no, I would never. And there's probably some people that would, that would do no, I never. I know many cases, well, not personally, but on the news where uh, they would not give their children any medicine once something bad happened. You know, that's that maybe they have the, definition of the line right there that I don't, but in my, you know, humble opinion, I just can't think of that line that we can say never should be crossed or has to be that we start from besides, you know, trying to be respectful, things like that. It's just, right. but, but there's always going to be exceptions to, you know, to every rule. Well, you said something earlier that kind of, that kind of made me perk up a little bit as you said that you, that we as humans are designed you know, fallible that we're designed to in, yeah. in, in a faulty way. So do you, do you think that, and this is getting, I know this is like such a broad discussion, but do you think that we were designed by a creator or do you think that we were, um, you know, kind of made happenstance, you know, I'm not necessarily saying, are you, you know, do you believe in the God of the Bible or do you believe in evolution or the big bang theory? You're like, like, where do you, where do you stand on that? Do you think that we were designed or do you think that we were uh, like fearfully and wonderfully made or that we just happened to get so lucky that we're here? You know, lucky we're here, but then that's so many different carbon based life forms that can do the things they can do. I, I have no doubt that we're created somehow. I don't know who or what, but but then again, one side of me, my, my brain can't wrap around the idea that something was able to comprehend the throat, the right. intestines of this and that. Right. But then I also feel that it could have been that, that, that uh, things first start out with, like here's the basic thing and build from there, but I'm putting some leeway for things to develop as time goes on, no matter what planet, what atmosphere. That's why I think, you know, things explain why. No, I just think situations happen. And if things don't change, things will go extinct. But I, I do, 
you know, it's one of those philosophical questions that you hear in college, you know, so I, we were, I feel like we weren't just, because if something was random, random things don't always happen again and again. Like if two right. things, atoms hit each other and made something, they're going to make that something. So, you know, but, but our sense of time, you know, we've kind of invented that word time. Right. And when they say God created, you know, seven days, seven, you know, all that, we put that, we put that limit on there a day. That has nothing to do with 24 hours and seven days in, in reality. So, you know, there's trial and error. There's, there's things that work, things that don't work. I just feel that, that our combination worked that got replicated. I don't know who replicated it, but whoever did, thank goodness. But I don't think, again, you know, I, it's hard to pin myself down because I'm, we'll say, dumb enough to know a lot, don't know a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm dumb about yeah. time and space and how things are created. Our brain just can't wrap around. We're just right. can't, like, we're making a computer program, AI, it's going to start. It's so complicated, the human body. I mean, the atoms, the carbon base, the this, the right temperature, the right distance from the sun, the, right. all these other sun, you know, you know, then you get into people start talking about flat earth. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we talked about that a little bit. I do think we were created. I don't know how we were created, but it was replicated. And that, that, that means that there was some intelligence behind it somehow. Right. I don't know if the intelligence was a quote, but but something happened and something created us and something created more things like us meaning we breathe air right. we walk on two feet or we have to reproduce we have to eat we, you know things like that so yeah i actually heard um, um, a guy that i that i listened to pretty on a pretty regular basis went to um ucla and was talking to a uh, a biology uh, professor there and he was he's supposed to be one of the top biologists in the world i think and anyway so he he just asked him he said um do you believe in intelligent design and he said he sat there for a second and he was like what are you trying to trap me and he said i'm not trying to trap you i'm just yeah. asking you a question you know and he said well no i don't and he said well why don't you and he said well because i've been taught through years of schooling and blah 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 you know that mm -hmm. that obviously that there that we were created from the start of the very first carbon atom, you know, the big bang and blah, blah. He said, well, all I'm asking, do you believe in intelligent design? He said, no. And he said, um, okay, well then if, if, if you don't believe in intelligent design, he said, make me a flower. And he, the guy looked up at him and he's like, what do you mean? He said, well, make me a flower. Hold your hand out and make me a flower. And he said, oh, I can't do that. And he goes, well, if, a flower isn't intelligently designed and you can't create it, then what does that say about you? You know, and I, I couldn't help but laugh a little bit. Yeah. I was like, I was like, well, you know, it's with that, you know, with us being one of the creative things, it doesn't necessarily mean we can do the creating. Right. It's such a, I mean, I've heard that, I've heard that argument too, but then I've also heard some, some people way smarter than me. I look at it like this. Say life is, say the universe is a, a floor that's perfectly flat, perfectly flat. And then you have a ball and it's just sitting there. Then you have some, uh, let's say a snowball. You know, for that snowball to start getting bigger and start building into something else, there has to be something to create 
that you know equal and opposite react. Something has to push it. There's no wind. There's nothing going on. Something had to push. So that's how I look at creation. Something got the ball rolling. I don't know who it was or how it was, but something got the ball rolling or none of us would be here. Right. I mean, I, and just say a big bang. Something had to make a bang. Right. You know, you know, something wrapped my mind around the universe of starting the universe and the expanding universe and all that. But something had to, and again, this is just being a human saying something had to start, but there has to be a point started happening as far as the ball rolling. Right. I don't know if we were just somebody snapped their fingers and there that's even if, okay, let's just say. Or even somebody saying, being, let there be light. Yeah, let's just say this. Let there be light. Even, okay, let's just say flipping a switch. There's all kinds of things behind this wall to make that light come on. So let's just say, quote unquote, God, the Supreme Being, so let there be light. There was something going on to create that light, whether it was a thought process, whether it was some cover to get the ball rolling to get that light on. You know, there had to be something yeah. creating it. You know, even though he, he's a creator, there was there was something like even creating something out of clay. You got to start start with adding on to it. There was something there that he created. That creating something out of nothing is a hard thing for me to grasp. So I figured right. there was something he was he was I don't know <laughs> or she. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there has to be. That's that's kind of the way my mind worked for for a long time because there you know once we got old enough and and uh, my brothers and I, once we got old enough to kind of make our own decisions and stuff and um, somewhat, especially thinking about things beyond our comprehension, um, you know, it, it, came, it came to that, which was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm being taught this, especially in the school systems, right? And uh, I mean, we, we went to Holly Pond High School and it's for those people that haven't heard of it, which is pretty much everybody that in existence, you know, uh, that Holly Pond <laughs> is, you know, is so small, it's so tiny, but we're <laughs> through the, um, through, you know, federal and state um, regulations, they have to teach on certain subjects, you know? And, and so the, uh, the theory of, evolution was taught but the theory of creation never was because i guess i don't know if, if the they guy, led to the church they just thought the church yeah church was right that's that's that was that was my thing and then, but then looking at it from uh with with some retrospect was like well now it seems like because i, I kind of fish around with with uh some of the younger uh people that i know that are still in school and stuff you know and they're like well they just call it evolution now and i'm like i wonder if that's deliberate and by i wonder meaning it probably is right <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it like young minds and which you i know you know way more about but young minds are so malleable are so easily influenced and stuff are based on their surroundings the people that they're influenced by their the role models good or bad that that if we're not careful we can close them in into forcing them to think a certain way because the government has regulated it that way. You know what I mean? It's like, like at some point the yeah. school systems uh, have to cave a little bit because of funding, which to me is ridiculous. But at the same time, thankfully, and especially now, you know, th uh, I look back, I had an anatomy teacher back in, at Holly Pond. His, his name was Coach Cornelius. He was, he was fantastic. One of the best teachers I've ever had. But I remember um, 
you know, he, at the time, I didn't appreciate it, uh, really, other than we got to get out of learning a, a subject. But he came to class on Monday morning. And he was just, he was irate, and he was, we couldn't figure out why. And he said, well, this week, I'm supposed to teach on the theory of evolution. And he just sat there staring at the class. And I mean, it was like good 30 seconds of just dead silence. And he was like, but it's a theory and they expect me to teach it as fact. So I'm not going to moving on, you know, and I started laughing. I was like, yes, coach C's awesome. You know, but back on it. I look at, I kind of, I, I kind of question everything because, and it used to bother me that I questioned everything, but then I was like, okay, we were designed that way. And everybody does it. Our brain, that's the way it was in his image. There's some of that in there. And I know there's faith and we can get in this whole big discussion of you just got to go on blind faith, but I don't think really that's what is. I just, I, I just think there's a, you, you live by, try to be a good person. You know, you can doubt things, you can question things, but that's just how we're programmed. Uh, like creating things, you know, um, I could tell my son, create me an app to make something and he, even though I, it looks like magic to me, <laughs> he he knows how, what he's doing. So I mean, the things they can do with light now, like create me a flower. They can make some holographic. I, I don't know if you've ever played right. with any VR stuff. My son has a that you put on, and mm-hmm. has, and and you feel like you're there. I mean, I've been chased by enough zombies. I run into the wall at least three times <laughs> in my son's room. But the back to but yeah, I, I used to feel bad about questioning and doubting and and not only so much doubt, you know because you just you, we always want one plus one equals two you know right. if this guy or girl or a being created this where'd he come from you know that's just how our brain works and i just think that's that's supposed to be there that's just i don't think he's using that to weed us out right i just think that that's just the way we're designed and that's what makes us grow as a species instead of staying you know put right I, I heard somebody actually put it this way they said that um that if if god was someone who we understood completely and entirely then he wouldn't be a god worthy of worshiping you know and i was like that that makes that makes sense because um you know i believe in the god of the bible and 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 the god of the bible i mean i and i study it and i go to i mean i go i study the word and there's still so many questions and new things that, that come about. Because he could, and, he could be a bit nasty at times. Right. The Old Testament stuff, he could definitely be mad. Do some of the right. same things. That, I see some of those characteristics in us today. So that's why <laughs> yeah. I know that, hey, he gives us a break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, just like he, he is merciful, but he is also just, you know. But it, had, it, it was that same kind of thing oh, where it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm being mentored by, by so many different people that have developed, I mean, with, with a cumulative amount of easily over a hundred years worth of study in in this, in, in, in the scriptures and they're still, and you know, and they don't have the answers and they've been trained cumulatively over, you know, thousands of years and so on and so forth. And yet there's still these questions because he, you know, in my opinion, that God expects us to pursue him with that same curiosity. You know, he doesn't want to just, he doesn't want to just say, this is it. Here you go. And, and, you know, he wants us to pursue him. Um, yeah. But, because 
I had a friend. I don't mean to interrupt. Spongebob. No, no, no. That's, no, you're fine. We were talking and a kid that I was counseling or I used to counsel. He's grown, grown up a lot more now, but he said, you know, if, if God would just come down and say, I'm God and you know, everybody would start believing. And I said, if you think that would be the end of it, there would be, there would be so much doubt. It would be, it would right. be no change whatsoever. Right. No change. I, I had a friend of mine at work that told me the same. And he was like, man, if, if I, I just have to see it to believe it. I said, you don't believe that. And he said, yes, I do. I said, okay. I saw David Copperfield make the Statue of Liberty disappear. I know it didn't happen. You know, I know it didn't happen. So yeah. what I see, I don't believe. And even if I do see it, I may not even still believe it. You know, it's like if you, if yeah, that's yeah. the mindset that you have is, well, I got to see it to believe it. Well, like you said, with the virtual reality stuff, with the way that, that we can manipulate light now and things like that, you can see whatever you want to. It doesn't yeah. mean it's actually there all night but i might kind of wind it down here in a second yeah no no that's fine well um it's been it's been a good interesting uh very diverse uh oh, i appreciate it's discussion. been super fun um i definitely want to want to uh get back with you about uh maybe maybe here not too long in the future and and talk about maybe some more current things and mm-hmm. and uh and just just hash some of the stuff out but i do appreciate you come uh you know being online i definitely would like to at some point be able to sit down in person obviously that may not ever happen and some training and some training (laughs) yes yeah um uh but i would love to be able to do that because it's so easy for people like we've, we've said before it's so easy for people to be able to hide behind facebook or hide behind twitter and stuff like that and and and, you know it's like well i'm gonna post my opinion and anybody that disagrees with me i'm gonna delete them or anybody that disagrees with me i'm gonna i'm gonna battle them but if you were talking to that person face to face you know you you might disagree and you would be okay with that you know you'd be okay well look you know we're just different people and we can still love each other and be not just friendly and cordial but we can still be friends and that was sort of my my whole point of doing this is I wanted to show other people and encourage other people that, you know, people say the two things that you shouldn't talk about are politics and religion uh, because that's, that's taboo or whatever. But those two things, people don't like talking about them because they're so important. And those are the things we should be discussing those things. Right. You should be talking as your perspective. I mean, that's, you're talking in terms of your perspective and you gain more perspective when you hear somebody else's perspective. So I think it's completely a good idea. Yeah. So, so, um, man, I I do appreciate it. I definitely want to, want to get together sometime. If nothing else, we'll, we'll go eat and we'll have to get face shields and masks and and goggles and everything else. uh, Over at the the coffee house in Coma, there's a couple, I mean, some mentions there many times so when it starts picking back up we'll have to do that sometime sounds good well david i appreciate you being on here i appreciate you talking thanks for inviting me i appreciate it absolutely all right well um thank you all for anybody that's listening or watching and we hope to see you again sometime soon